Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson. Papa, can you tell me a story? Do you really want me to tell you a story? (laughs) Well, you go get your brother and your sisters and I will tell you a story. Welcome back to Devotions with Dr. Papa. Well, if you remember last week, we talked about David's great sin with Bathsheba, how he conspired to have Bathsheba's husband, Uriah the Hittite, killed in battle. And afterwards, he took Bathsheba as his wife. And the Bible says that the thing that David had done was evil in the sight of the Lord. And then the Bible tells us that God sent David's friend, the prophet Nathan, And Nathan told David a story, told him a story of a rich man who had many sheep in his flock and a poor man who had only one little ewe lamb that he loved. And he fed that little ewe lamb from his table and he nursed it with his own cup and he held it close to his bosom at night. This was a story that David could identify with because he once was a shepherd boy who did the very same thing with his own little lambs. And he would nourish them in his own lap and feed them from his own cup. Well, the rich man had a traveler who came to visit. And he, rather than taking a lamb from his own flock to sacrifice to feed the traveler, he took the one little ewe lamb from the poor man sacrificed it in order to feed his guest. Well, when David heard this story, he was indignant. He was furious. And he told Nathan the prophet, Who is this man? He must die. And Nathan the prophet, the friend of David, looked at him and said, David, thou art the man. And to his credit, rather than having this prophet thrown into a dungeon, Rather than having him sent to the chopping block to be beheaded, David looked at his friend and he confessed his sin. And he said, I have sinned against the Lord. And you see, this revealed the true heart of David, the psalm writer of Israel. It revealed the broken and contrite spirit that was in David. It revealed his heart of humility. For you see, the events of the previous episode really were not the character of King David. That was an aberration in the life of David. And at the end of that chapter, there's a very interesting single sentence. And that sentence says, So Nathan went to his house. Now, why is that there? Have you ever wondered why there are some sentences that are included in the Scripture? After this whole story of David and his sin being confronted by Nathan the prophet, David's confession of his sin, and then Nathan telling him that the little baby that would be born would die and that the sword would never depart from his house the consequences of David's sin. And then at the end of that story, there's this one sentence. So Nathan went to his house. 
why in the world is that sentence there? And why is this one verse significant? I'll tell you why. It's because John the Baptist never went back to his house. John the Baptist went to prison, and then he went to the grave after his head was served up on a platter for Herod's dinner guest. Do you remember that story? Herod was the Jewish king appointed by the Romans to rule over a province in Judea, and he had taken his brother Philip's wife. John the Baptist, who was a prophet, rebuked Herod, the Jewish king, and told him that this was not proper. Herod's wife despised John the Baptist. She was embittered towards him. She hated him. Well, at some point in time, her daughter, Herod's daughter, danced for Herod's dinner guest and pleased him exceedingly well. And he promised to give her anything that she wanted, even to the half of his kingdom. She conferred with her mother, who said, Ask for John the Baptist's head on a platter. So she went to Herod, told him her request. Now Herod was accustomed to inviting John the Baptist to come in and talk with him. Herod would tremble when he talked with John the Baptist. He knew that he was a prophet of God. Herod was a Jewish man. He knew right from wrong. He knew when a prophet was in his midst. And he would often send John back to the prison only to invite him in for further consultation at a later date. And when his daughter asked for John's head on a platter, he was grieved. He was dismayed. But because of pride and because of his dinner guest, he sent and had John beheaded, had his head served up on a platter for his wife and because of his dinner guest. You see, it is no small matter to rebuke a king, which is exactly what Nathan the prophet had just done. In the arrogance of power, King David stole another man's wife. He committed adultery. He conspired to murder. And then he married the dead man's widow. But the thing that David had done was evil in the sight of the Lord. So what did God do about it? He filled his belly with worms. Oh, no, that was not King David. That was Herod. Herod, the Jewish king, who listened to the adulation of the crowd. And when they said, it's not the voice of a man, it's the voice of a God, Herod let that adulation sink right into his heart. And then God filled his belly with worms and he died. So what did God do? He gave him leprosy. Oh, no, that was not King David. That was King Uzziah, the king of Israel who disobeyed God. And God gave him leprosy until the day of his death. And his son had to reign in his place. So what did God do with King David? He struck him down in battle. Oh, no. 
that was not King David. That was Ahab, that vile toad who squatted on the throne of Israel. While Jezebel, Jezebel, that bejeweled adder, coiled beside the throne. You see, the prophet had told Ahab that one day the dogs would lick his blood by the pool in Jezreel. For you see, Ahab had stolen the vineyard that belonged to an innocent man named Naboth, a vineyard that was right beside his palace that he coveted. And he conspired to have Naboth murdered. And the prophet had said that the dogs would lick his blood by the pool in Jezreel. And every time a dog barked, Ahab would shudder. And so one day in battle, an aimless, nameless archer drew his bow at a venture. And his arrow struck Ahab in a chink in his armor, and it wounded him mortally. And he said to his chariot driver, take me out of the battle. And he took him where? Oh, you know, to the pool in Jezreel, where he bled out and died. And yes, you also know the the dogs licked his blood there by the pool in Jezreel. The prophet also said that the dogs would eat Jezebel. And sure enough, the eunuchs threw her from a window. And Jehu ran over her with his chariot. And the dogs ate her dead body except for her hands and her head, just as the prophet had said. And thus ended the life of that vile toad of a king that squatted upon the throne of the of the throne of Israel, and thus ended the life of Jezebel, that bejeweled adder that coiled beside the throne of that vile toad that squatted upon the throne of the kingdom. But what about David, this man who conspired to commit murder and then married the woman with whom he had committed adultery? Well, God sent a friend. He sent a friend named Nathan. Nathan, who was a prophet, to tell him a story and lovingly rebuke him, to tell him the truth about himself. You see, in the Proverbs, the Bible tells us that if you rebuke a wise man, he will love you. But if you rebuke a fool, he will hate you. He will despise you. Now, pay attention. Rebuking a king in the arrogance of power is no small matter. With the lifting of the king's finger, men rush to deprive free men of their rights and their freedom without judge or jury, and they disappear into dungeons and are never seen from or heard of again. With a nod of the king's head, Entire armies march into battle, destroying kingdoms and empires. You see, with the clicking of the king's tongue or the arching of his eyebrow, those who rebuke a king disappear forever, never to be heard from again, buried in an unmarked grave, their families wondering for generation whatever happened to their family member who dared to rebuke a king. But Nathan courageously 
appealed to the shepherd's heart in David with a compelling story that reminded David of his earlier days as a young shepherd boy under the stars, nursing baby lambs, holding them to his chest against the the night cold and feeding them with a cup to help them survive. David understood the affection that this poor man in the story held for his one little ewe lamb. The anger that David expressed was real, but also the remorse was real. When, when Nathan said, Thou art the man, David's remorse was legitimate. For no doubt the hand of the Lord had been heavy upon this king's heart bringing guilt to his sensitive conscience due to his sin. In that moment, the arrogance of power was broken, and a broken and contrite spirit that God does not reject was manifested. In that moment, we see the true heart of this king. For you see, the affair with Bathsheba and Uriah was an aberration for David, completely out of character for him. Humility before God is the real character of the psalm writer of Israel. That's why scripture and history still record David as the greatest king of Israel. Now, here's the question. What about you? What about me? What is our true character? What are the defining characteristics of your life and mine? Is it the arrogance of power or is it humility before God? Here's another question. What happens when your friend, your spouse, your child offers a loving rebuke? Do you bow up with pride? Do you get angry? Do you laugh it off? Do you slough it off, or do you seriously consider it? Do you process it? Do you pray over it, and then do you confess your faults and make things right? Do you have a Nathan in your life who can fearlessly tell you the truth about yourself without you becoming angry or defensive? The Bible says, reprove a wise man, and he will love you. I submit to you that King David was a wise man with a humble heart. And then there's that verse. Because of that, Nathan didn't go to a dungeon, didn't go to the chopping block, but he went down to his house. Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information about the Jackson Family Ministry, Dr. Jackson's books, or to schedule a speaking engagement, Go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production at bobsloan.com.